The Hard Parking Podcast is sponsored by Talk Mobile. Talk Mobile is an innovator in retail and works with organizations like T-Mobile to operate stores throughout Arizona, Oklahoma, Kansas, and Louisiana. For more information and to jumpstart your career, please visit TalkMobileNet.com. Again, that's TalkMobileNet.com, our big-time sponsor. Welcome back to the Hard Parking Podcast. This is your host, Jay Fenning. Did the Future Collector Car Show a couple weeks ago, maybe one weekend ago. It was our fifth show, sponsored by ClassicCars.com. Up until now, up until this year, I've never been able to attend due to scheduling conflicts. As you know, I travel all the time. It is promoted by a really nice person, Rebecca Wynn. Awesome staff. This year, they flew in some people as guest judges, which includes Fielding Shredder. Fielding Shredder is known for a Netflix show called Hyperdrive. Pretty badass show. It's always interesting when you get to meet people that you see on TV or... You watch on videos, not necessarily TV on the computer, and they're always different in person. Like, I don't know him, but you know, it's just, you don't know, is like a person tall, the person small. Anyway, Fielding Shredder was super cool, and he actually judged my car. And during this show, I actually got second place for Best Modified. There's 150 cars, I was eligible for only nine trophies because one of the trophies was like Rising Star or Rookie of the Year, which is basically for tuners who are up to a certain age. I'm old. And another one had to do with, you know, best forward, which obviously an accurate NSX does not count. But in talking to Fielding after I won the award, he said that I started off in fourth place and he had to lobby for me really hard. Now, how cool is that? How cool was that for a celebrity judge to love your car and love your build so much? They kept, he kept bringing other judges over to show all the details of my rap. To me, that's pretty freaking awesome. Like I said, it was an awesome show. Fielding Shredder, uh, you need to check him out. Another one of my buddies is a judge there for four years and running. He didn't judge my car. didn't have anything to do with my car, you know, because that keeps it honest. You know what I mean? But he had nothing. He's, he's had nothing but good things to say about my car. And I guess my point in all this is because he's an older guy. He's got a ton of Lotuses. He's got a couple NSXs. And it's almost like you don't think people are going to understand your build once they get to a certain age. I know that probably sounds fucked up. But, you know, again, my car is based off my favorite cartoon when I was a kid, okay? This guy's significantly older than me. He's pushing the mid-60s, probably, maybe 70s. But when I showed him the car for the first time, he was like, oh, my God, Jay, this is awesome. And I was like, yeah, cool, yeah, 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 I guess it is, you know? So it was cool to have him there as a judge and just kind of pulled me aside, and we were just kind of bullshitting. We just talked cars the whole time, but it was an awesome show. I'm so humbled to have gotten second place. I actually did not intend to get anything. I just wanted to make sure my car was as presentable as it could be at this type of show because it felt kind of concoursey, Not quite because it's kind of a tuner show, but it's everything. I mean, there were Ford, there were GT40s there. Um, there was all sorts of super clean. So the, the car that won best of show was an RX-7. It was an older guy. You know, so you typically you think you'd see him at some of these classic car shows because it was older, you know, old school, you know, baseball hat, all that kind of stuff. But he had a beautiful yellow 93 RX-7 thing was modded out, not ridiculously modded out, like tastefully modded out. But it was really cool to see that car and that owner win. Um, a Mazda Miata got best modified and that was really cool. It was a little tiny little Miata. So you never know on a show. So when you show up to a car show and you think you don't have a shot. Don't mail in. Just do your best 
make sure you clean your vehicle because a lot of these hardcore car shows are all about points. So you can get two NSXs, and this is why I typically beat Brandon, one of my good friends, out. He has an NSX that's a, it's a lot more popular than my car is on Instagram. It's a beautiful red NSX. Tommy Cairo gurney flap. He's got some beautiful work wheels, but he doesn't spend as much time on his car as I do my car, and he'll admit it. His engine bay is always dirty, you know, but the difference is, you know, his interior is kind of messed up. But if you were to put that on Instagram, you know, he gets, and again, we had an episode about likes, so likes don't matter. But in the context of this conversation, he could post his car and he'll get two, 3,000 likes. I'll post my best picture and I might get two or 300 likes. That doesn't mean his car is a lot better than mine. It doesn't mean my car is a piece of shit. But, you know, from a passerby, you know, instant recognition, his car just blows my car away. And I get it. But when you go to a car show, again, it's based off of points. So they say, okay, who has the cleanest wheels? Like literally clean, like literally dust-free cleanest wheels, not who has the best wheel brand. Because the wheel brand matters too. But I'm going to get him. The wheels, we might be tied. He might win. Who has the better tires? Well, I have an official tire sponsor. He doesn't. So I'm probably going to win the tires. Who has a cleaner engine bay? Well, I spent a lot of money on my engine bay. Not only is it physically clean, but it's dressed up. That's points. My interior is pretty cool, but I keep it clean. That's points. Anyway, I was really excited to take home that trophy. Uh, it means a lot to me. Yeah, that might be my last big show of the year. There's a lot of other shows, but I don't know. It might be time to retire the VF1S NSX. I still haven't decided. I always think I've decided, but I never quite fully decide. Finally saw Ford versus Ferrari. You know, it started off kind of slow to me, but um, my God, is that a damn good movie? It's a good movie and it makes you wonder, you know, how much of that is true? And a lot of it's true. A lot of it's kind of romanticized for the big screen. And, you know, it's as far as like the feud between Ken Miles and the guy at Ford, you know, that's, they made that a lot more dramatic. Um, a lot of people had involvement in the, in the development of the MK2 not just Ken Miles and Carol Shelby. It's almost as if they could have called the movie Shelby and Miles story or something because the movie was, it felt just a lot about their relationship and then the Ford versus Ferrari was kind of in the background. But I did see a, a documentary, I think I said it before, it's called The 24-Hour War. And I saw it about a year ago and that was produced by Adam Carolla. Some of you don't know this, but Adam Carolla is a huge car guy. He's really big into imports, believe it or not. JDM, he's really big into the Datsuns. He, has, he goes out and buys all the Paul Newman cars, or as many as he can get his hand into. But the 24-Hour War is a solid documentary. And so when I first saw the previews for Ford vs. Ferrari, I thought it was basically, hey, they're just taking the 24-Hour War, bigger studio, and turning it into a bigger movie. But if you get an opportunity, go in and watch the 24-Hour War. It's an excellent documentary. I typically don't watch stuff like that because, I'll be honest with you, I typically don't care about stuff like that. But the reason I watch it is because I'm a huge fan of Adam Carolla's, and I've been a fan of his for years and years and years, and he actually does really good work on documentaries. doesn't get a lot of the credit he deserves, but he does great work on documentaries. He made a movie called The Hammer, a comedy, years ago. It's a boxing movie because he used to teach boxing. On my Instagram, picking up a car this week, and... Walking out of the rental facility, and look to the left, and there's a red Lamborghini Huracan. Look to the right, and there's a black Ferrari California. Now, I've seen the Ferrari there before. I haven't seen the Huracan there before. And so I did the poll. Guys, should I take this car or that car? Or I think it's that car or, or that car. So the first car was obviously the Lamborghini. The second car was the Ferrari. 
So the poll came back and the response was 60% of the people said, take the Huracan, 40% said, take the Ferrari. Now, given these two cars, I would absolutely take the Huracan over the Ferrari California, but in a vacuum, I would rather take Ferrari over Lamborghini. So back in the 80s, well, Ferrari's always had like, they've always produced really beautiful cars. Lamborghini has produced really edgy cars. Like there's nobody my age that doesn't think the Lamborghini Countach is a beautiful work of art. It absolutely is. Everybody my age had a Lamborghini Countach poster, whatever. Terrible car from, from all accounts from what I've heard. I've, I've never driven one. But I've talked to some Countach owners over the years. And they said the car is a steaming pile of shit. It is, however, a work of art. Moving forward over the years, I know that when the Diablo first came out, I did not like it at all. I didn't like it until we were coming home from Six Flags. Just, uh, I think it was the late 90s or mid 90s. And there was a red Diablo. And it was driving in the middle lane. Because that's what they do. And the, <laughs> the sun was starting to go down and it had its driving lights on. So not full headlights. And we just kind of floated behind it to the side a little bit, you know, like one lane over and like two or three car lanes back and just kind of just stared at it for a while. We're like, man, that is a badass looking car. So some cars, you look at it in photos and the photos will do the car justice. But ever since then, I was like, okay, that Diablo was really fucking cool. But it took a while. Ferrari, one of my first dream cars was a Ferrari Daytona Spider because I love Miami Vice. I mean, 80s, you know what I mean? I thought that was just the coolest car in the world. One one. Didn't really like the Testarossa, but for some reason I love the 512TR. Fast forward to now, everything Lamborghini produces, I'm just like, not into it. It's cool looking. I have friends with Huracons. They love them. When someone handed me the keys on one, I would love to drive it. But if someone says, I'll give you a Huracon for your NSX, I know this is going to sound really crazy. Not into it. I'd keep my NSX. I'd trade for a new NSX. I'd trade for a few other cars for the experience, but I wouldn't. I mean, I'd do it for a day, but I wouldn't straight up trade somebody because I'm just not into it. Um, but the Ferrari, you know, they come out with some cars sometimes and I'm just like, wow, that is, that's a nice ass fucking car. Like the Ferrari F12, the Ferrari 458, the Ferrari 488. My God, are those beautiful cars. Never really liked the California though. Now the Ferrari 812 Superfast, that is a badass car. It's driving through Las Vegas and I have one behind me and I was like, wow, is that a, that an F12, and then when it got over and got in front of me, I could tell by the taillights, I go, that is not an F12. I don't know what the hell that is. And then I pulled it up on my car camera and some of the hardcore car guys, which is no longer me. They said, oh, that's a Ferrari 812 Superfast. My God, that's a badass car. I would I would take a Superfast in a heartbeat. I would take a Ferrari F12 in a heartbeat. Not really, you know, one of my good buddies has a 458. They say, at the time at least, is the best Ferrari ever made, you know, from a drivability standpoint. Yeah, so definitely for me, Ferrari over Lamborghini. Coming up, we'll have Victor Tagundi on the phone and we'll talk some sports. Okay, as promised, we are joined by a special guest, good friend of mine. His name is Victor Tagundi. He is at the Acro Machine on Instagram, acting career. We used to talk about sports every year, Super Bowl, NBA, talk about college football. But I'd like to welcome Victor to the call. Vic, what's going on? Man, I'm chilling, Jay. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. It's good to talk to you. Good to hear from you. 
You too. I mean, you know, I I knew you when they called you. So you know, that's that's how long we go back. That's how long. We, yeah, you know. Yeah, I know that. I also know that's not gonna. <laughs> I know that's also not gonna make the podcast. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, but man, you know, in fact, right. I, I'm gonna leave that on there, but I'm gonna bleep it out. <laughs> yeah. That'll be my first official bleep on the podcast. Oh, that's so messed up. It is, okay, it is messed man. up. That's okay. That's okay. So, uh, 49ers and Chiefs, man, that's the Super Bowl. I think it's the first time they've had a matchup since maybe the very first Super Bowl, I think, like the Lynn Dawson days. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the first thing I thought, well, shout out to those two teams. I mean, I, I did want the Packers to go. I, I definitely love, you know, Aaron Rodgers. But I love the idea of like, wow, the guy that was kind of kicked out of New England, Gar- Garofalo, is now in the Super Bowl. You know, so I, I kind of like that story, although he's kind of more of like a game manager, not like, you know what I mean? Like there's there's something kind of cool to that story. And then of course, you know, with the Chiefs, I mean, I've always been an, a big Andy Reid fan. I just like how he is with his players. Uh, I think it's like a, a little bit of redemption for that guy. Then of course, you know, I mean, geez, Patrick Mahomes, like what can you not say about that dude? So Yeah, that kid, I mean, other than his super funny voice, but yeah, I mean, there's... <laughs> every, it's like he hasn't even hit puberty yet. There's no bad stories here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. nobody wanted to see, you know, like the, the Titans or the Texans versus, you know, Seattle. So, you know, once you know, Kansas City advanced, then there was no bad matchup. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But it's, um, definitely, a bit, it's definitely a good one, you know? And then, I mean, Richard Sherman getting back there again. I'm happy for him. I was, I was never a big fan of his, you know, but I'm... Right? Why? So you know me, man. You think about me. I'm super defensive when they say this is the best cornerback ever. I'm like, fuck you, Dion's the best cornerback ever. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I get that. I get that, yeah. I was, I'm not a big... Seattle fan, but I give him respect. You know, like Russell Wilson is insane, but I'm also I I usually come full circle with people, so I'm I'm happy for Richard Sherman to get back to the Super Bowl. Uh, I haven't decided who I really want to win because you know in the '90s I was a huge 49ers fan because I like Steve Young, obviously Dion. Yeah. You know I like Terrell Owens. You know in the late '90s, and I I, I also agree with you know the Andy Reid thing because they they should have won the Super Bowl. They were in position to win the Super Bowl at least against, you know, the Patriots. And Donovan McNabb fucked that up, in my opinion. Yeah, so it's just just a feel-good story. I I don't know who I want to. I I, I guess I would have to say the Chiefs because of Andy Reid. Yeah, you got to go for the Chiefs. Because of Andy Reid. I like that, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I I, I think, like, you know, listen, I I don't have a dog in the fight, you know. My Cowboys aren't in there, right? But in terms of, like, great stories, like, what story do you want to play out? Correct. Right. I think the Andy Reid story with this young guy who's probably going to be the future of the NFL, Patrick Mahomes. I think that that combination right there for me outweighs the Richard Richard Sherman, you know, storyline and, you know, the Garofalo storyline being, you know, essentially traded away from, uh, you know, the Patriots. But that I'm really interested to see in the next two weeks how that plays out in the media. Like, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm really interested to see how 
that if it even if they even make it a story, you think they'll make it a story? Well, you know how it is. So during the during the break between the championship games of Super Bowl, they have nothing going on, so everything becomes a big story. And I agree, it's going to exactly. be it's going to be okay. Well, Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, they, he was traded away against you know Belichick's wishes because you know Brady wanted him out of there because he was nipping at the bud. And I, I understand he's not a perfect quarterback. But he's pretty good. You know, um, man, he's a damn good looking person though, too. I mean, as a, yeah, as a guy, yeah, right, yeah, porn I mean, star, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I referred to him as Superman in my in my opening earlier. <laughs> so there's that, you know. But I mean, the, the, the guy, I don't think he's thrown for 300 yards this entire playoffs. Because what do you have? What was he like five or six or eight for 70 yards in the last game? Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, you know, but still, but here's the thing too. Like, if if he shows out during the during the Super Bowl. You know, it could be like, wow, what potential could have been in New England? New England. Absolutely. I mean, they're already thinking that. There's got to be. I'm surprised it hasn't come up yet. But I mean, I mean, what's his stat line? What's the Super Bowl stat line? I'm thinking like 12 of 12 of 18 for 124 yards, one touchdown, one yeah, pick. I mean, they they'll yeah, they normally run the ball. And then with Patrick Mahomes, man, holy crap, this kid. You're right, because all season it was Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson. Patrick Mahomes is coming back from his injury, and Lamar Jackson was a freaking beast. He was looking like Barry Sanders out there in the playoffs, yeah. you know, but he's been exposed two years in a row. But it's only his second year. I mean, people are already crowning him the you know the greatest, and he's he's an amazing kid. But I think, you know, for my money, because Patrick Mahomes can still sling that rock a million miles an hour and accurate. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's, he, you, you know... He's not run first, and you know no one's kind of figured out how to have a long, you know, have a level of longevity. You know, when they're, when they're run when first, they're, when they're a great, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, look at the careers of Robert Griffin. You know, which is actually I like the fact that he's a backup now for Lamar, uh, yeah, Lamar Jackson, because it's like, look, uh, as the vet, let me kind of steer you because you know he's he's been humble oh absolutely he's been hella humbled and so he can come from the perspective of like you know my job is to kind of just be your backup you're the guy that i once was as rookie of the year let me tell you how not to fuck up you know let me be that dude for you and i i wouldn't be surprised if you know, Lamar Jackson, you know, in the future, if he hasn't already, has been like, yo, like this guy that's my backup in this locker room has been essential to helping me keep my head on 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 my shoulders and staying humble because just of the lessons he's taught me. Like I, I like I like the fact that he's there. Yeah, absolutely. So we're talking to Victor Tagundi, my official sports correspondent. <laughs> Talking Super, <laughs> talking Super Bowl, talking Lamar Jackson, talking Patrick Mahomes. So, how great do you think this this kid could be? So, who who is your guy right now? Because I, you know, me as an NFL, I'm a I'm a big fan of the NFL, but I'm not a big fan of any one team. Oh, I mean, I you know, I'm listen, bro. Always by default, the Cowboys. But I mean, every year, I, every mm-hmm. year, they're just different. I just, I'm I'm always been. I've always, as I got older. I've always been intrigued more by just stories, you know, like people's like kind of personal stories. And so, you know, I guess my guy in the, in the league, I I would say is Lamar Jackson, you know, I would say that be only because it's like, he was the sixth quarterback picked, I believe, you know, all these other dudes went before him. He's balling out of control. Correct. You know, I've always dug the underdog story. I mean, 
you know, there'll, there'll be guys like you'll, you'll follow out of college that'll be like, oh, yeah, that guy's like insane. But I mean, to be quite honest, the biggest story for me this year hasn't been like how great everybody's been. It's been how shitty Antonio Brown's Man. fucking fall has been. Man. My God. Dude. He's a. Uh... Dude. He hasn't been the same since he got you know that big hit, huh? He's been kind of a, a basket case, and he really needs some help. Speaking of help, and this is completely unrelated to NFL, but I, I was on Twitter, and I saw that video of Delonte West. Yeah, man. Somebody I was sad. I felt yeah. sad. Yeah, somebody had just sent that to me, and I, I, I'm in this group chat with the, you know, my uh, fantasy football guys, and I said, I don't know what's worse seen Delonte like that or the person who filmed it and put it on, you know, right. Front street. You, you, you know what I mean? Like that, that's sad. I, I I don't know. You know, I know, you know, and from personal experiences, just kind of dealing with like friends and people that I've known over the years, it's like, there's only so much you can do for people when they're so far gone yeah. you know, due to drugs or whatever. But like, I, I just feel like that's a video that should have never made it to, to, to light. You know, absolutely. Um, and and, and I, I pray for that dude. You know, I, I hope that like he gets the help he needs. I, I'm I am fascinated by how it, you know, turned into that. And, you know, I, you know, I'll say this, man, like seeing the rapid fall of you, you had mentioned something about a hit. And I've kind of, I, I, you know, some people have said something, you know, like, you know, is Antonio Brown suffering from like CTE or whatever? Like, what were you what were you referring to? That, yeah, because he had the I don't remember the exact hit, but I don't remember if it was a block or or there was that or maybe a a defenseless hit on him. Um, and I don't I don't remember if it was against the Browns or the Bengals, but it was a few years ago. Yeah, and he got I mean he got freaking lit up, and he you know he made it through, but. He's he's been that was that was uh, I don't think it was his last season I think it was the season before his last season in in, in Pittsburgh and he's just been kind yeah. of like off his rocker since. I mean, uh, it, it would be it's really it, it would be really interesting to see, man. Uh, you know, my my thing is is it's like you see that and you're like, okay, either this guy has always been nuts because he's another guy that I've always enjoyed. Because he was like a six round draft pick, like he's right. the guy who just like made it from the bottom and 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 made his way, you know, and, and climbed his way up. And I, I love those stories. But then to see how like this dude has just just disintegrated in such a way. He had a fucked up childhood way, too, huh? He had a fucked up childhood, but a lot of people do. Yeah, yeah, you know. But but it it kind of goes to show you, like, wow, okay. Was this always there? Like, how well did Pittsburgh manage this? Because that's a lot of it. So Ryan Clark, I don't know if you've ever heard him say it, but Ryan Clark would tell a story from the locker room. Because he and he and um, and AB would hang out. He'd watch AB's kids. I've heard him on some podcasts and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they got in. Yeah, they got into it. You know, something happened in the locker room, and he was just he he knew at that point. He goes, "Look, man, I, I knew at this point this this guy he's no good." And I kept telling people, people just called me a hater, but eventually it came out. So, you know, he could have been kind of shitty from the beginning, but, you know, when you're on top of your game, as long as you keep it off of social media. I heard I heard Ryan Clark say that. I heard Ryan. He had said that, like, 
Because, you know, the thing is, is it's like, um, A, the older you get, and B, if you're lucky to kind of get in and around people that might have inside scoop. For me, watching sports uh, shows or listening to sports podcasts, I'm aware that there's so much more information those guys have known or heard about that they can't even discuss on their platforms, right? And so the thing is, is like there's a, a lot of times you can kind of read in between the lines of what they're saying because they've heard things that they can't necessarily put out on front street. And so I, you know, Ryan Clark had always been that dude that's been like, you know, I've always for the greater good of kind of supporting a teammate or to supporting an NFL brethren. I've never really been that vocal about how shitty this guy is. But now that it's out there, like he is an awful person. Well, now that he's I, putting I, me I, on blast, I gotta, yeah, you know, clear yeah, my name now. Yeah, yeah. and and that's the thing because that was the thing that I've always like. I was like, okay, like what, like what is it? And like, you, you know, like how it's. I guess for me, it's just like okay, management says we have an extraordinary talent. We got to figure out how to manage this person. Correct. You, you know, and I, you know, what was really telling is the fact that Des Bryant never got picked up anywhere. Man, that's still, to me, no one ever really came out and said anything, though, either. So I'm like, what the hell? That's some weird shit right there, bro. To me, is it's like, was Des on that Antonio Brown level, but they were like, the risk and the reward was just not there, so we're not even going to fuck with this guy. Because there's been nothing. It's like, you know, bro, real talk, I hope I like you. You know, ascend into this game to where I'm in the upper echelons of just like hearing the real shit. Because I've I've heard some stuff. You you know what I'm saying? But like, just to be around sports guys more, so I can just hear what really kind of goes down. Like right. I've heard I've heard crazy stories about Tom Brady being like fucked up drunk before Super Bowls. You you know what I mean? But like, he's always you know, showed up to perform. I mean, we all, you know. It's like the Jordan oh, shit we've heard growing like up. The Jordan, exactly. Speaking of which, well, we'll get into that later whenever right. you're ready. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, uh, so you brought up Tom Brady. Let's talk about him because, you know, I've never hated the Patriots and I've never loved the Patriots. And it's kind of one of those things where I appreciate greatness because we grew up in the same era. So we got to see Barry Sanders. We got to see Michael Jordan. We got to see Deion Sanders, you know. Um, we've got to see Dwayne Wade. We get to see that other guy, LeBron James, right? Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so my, like my son, like my, my wife's family on her side, they, they're hardcore Buffalo fans because, you know, they're from Buffalo and they hate the Patriots. And I don't know why, because it's not like the, 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 I, I can understand why they hate the Cowboys, but yeah, yeah, they hate the Patriots because they can never beat them. And to me, that's not a good enough reason to hate somebody. But at least with my brother-in-law, Wilson, we can agree that because he's like he hates the Patriots, but he respects the hell out of Brady because he recognizes greatness. Because let's be honest, going into this year, nobody honestly thought the Patriots were going to be that good and they were still good. And then when they lose their first game, people are like, oh, we told you they weren't any good. It's like, look, no one accused them of going undefeated this year. Like nobody predicted that shit. But now it looks like it might be almost over. I mean, do you like the Patriots? I found myself rooting always, for them because people hated them so much. I'm like, why do you hate them, man? I, I've never, I, I'm just, I've never fucked with the Patriots. I've never liked them. 
You, you know, I've never liked them. There was always there was always something off about them. But did you hate them? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I, I just didn't. I didn't like them. I, I, I didn't. And I have like I have just my reasoning why. I just, I just never. They definitely have always kind of had that polarizing feeling to me. You, you, you know. But I, I will say this: when I saw the sixty minutes story on Tom Brady. I wanted to really like Tom Brady, you know? Yeah. I really wanted to like, because again, I'm I'm just a huge fan of dudes that no everybody shits on. No one expects them to be good. Like if it wasn't if it wasn't for a stroke of luck that he just happened to be picked by the Patriots, like that guy would have been selling insurance 20 years ago. Kind of the little guy, right? Because I'm kind of like that yeah. too. It's like the more people hate on somebody, the more, unless they've given me a reason not to, the more I kind of start rooting for them just to, to prove people wrong. That's why we both want, I mean, Andy Reid's a great coach, and if he doesn't win this Super Bowl, then he's just going to be another guy who can do shit. And it's like the players, the coaches coach, the players play. Yeah. I mean, the fact that Andy Reid got there with two teams, he solidified his mark. You know what I mean? Because the thing is, is it's like, not, not to jump off, you, you know, it's like he built – the, the Chiefs from ground up, he picked Patrick Mahomes. He got him there. You know what I mean? It's definitely the icing on the cake. As far as I'm concerned, like, I want him to win that Super Bowl. Yeah. But, like, he solidified himself as a great coach. Yeah. By having gotten there, building this from the ground up. But, you you know, as far as the Patriots are concerned, yeah, I, I, I've I've – for me, the question has always kind of been like, who makes that team great? Is it Belichick that just like found the great quarterback and and or because I for me I'll never forget that I think it was fifteen and two season when uh Brady got injured eleven and five out. eleven okay eleven and five season when Brady got hurt Matt Castle and so yeah Matt Castle exactly and so for me I I want to see. The verdict is still out for me on Brady's career. To me, because I'm I'm gonna measure that up against what what Belichick does after Brady. That's that's how I feel. And a lot of people are saying that, and I don't think there's a right or wrong way. I don't know if I can say that because I think it is the system, but I think the system you have to have the right players to buy into the system, and I think that Belichick's system is what's great and. Brady's been there so long because he's bought into the system and he's demanded excellence from the other players. So I think it is 1A and 1B, but I can't sit here and say that they would have gone to nine Super Bowls and have six rings if they were a different coach. Nor can I say I that... Bro. Nor that I can say it would be the same thing if they, they, if they had a carousel of quarterbacks. Because you still have to have ice water in your veins once you make it to the postseason. I think with the yeah, NFL, yeah, it's a yeah. lot of a lot of it is luck and it's skill and luck, proper placement. Because it's easy to say because that's what people are saying about Patrick Mahomes. Is he really that good? Because he has the world's best weapons. Well, yeah, but he still has to get in the ball. But if they're dropping the ball, then you end up with well, I mean, Julian Edelman led the league in drops this year, and he dropped arguably the biggest drop of this season. You know? No, I, I, yeah, you're right. Out of the three sports. They say Are you talking baseball? Football. Is it is baseball or hockey? Okay, baseball. Okay, okay. Baseball talk. <laughs> <laughs> Out of the three sports, right? They say football is primarily 
system oriented. It, it it is it it's so incumbent on just being in the right circumstance. I could I could see that. That's not a, that's know, not an argument I'd want to have against that point. And and so I, I you know and I I can't God his his name slips my mind but like Jay Cutler Jay everyone says Jay Cutler is like genius level high level IQ right but like. People say he's an example of like, had he just been in the right system, like say a Belichick system or whatever, would just take it to like the next level. But we'll never so, know, right? Yeah, we'll never. It's yeah, like David we'll Carr. No. Yeah, David Carr. Yeah, we'll never know. Like 30, to be a starting quarterback in the NFL, you have to be on that level. And so I, I, I really think a lot of it is like, because you're dealing, you're not dealing with like, five starting players on the like in basketball where one fucking guy can take you to the damn playoffs if not the championship you have to deal with 52 people on a team yeah it's a system all do their job you you know and so the you know the question remains it's like all right like how much is was this belichick and how much of this was tom brady you know um yeah, because if you don't have an offensive line, you're fucked. If you don't have receivers that can hold on the ball, you're fucked. You don't have a running game, yeah, you're fucked. Exactly. And so to me, man, it's like I, I think I think Belich if if the if the if the tension between those two are, is true, I think like there's a Belichick is gonna stick around way longer than Brady. And, you know, if he can knock out a couple Super Bowls or whatever the fuck. You know, without Brady, that whole narrative is changing, my friend. So our last point about the system being the system, because there's a lot of people who would debate that, but the the, the mic drop about a system is the Jacksonville Jaguars made it to the AFC Championship game with Blake Bortles. Enough said. Yeah, yep. We're talking to Victor Degunday. Let's uh, switch to some NBA talk, because we used to talk NBA a lot. I really don't watch NBA, even with... And then the ratings have been down, like way down. Um, I get my sports feel primarily from podcasts, radio shows. Why, why do you think? Why do you think the radios? Why do you think the, the ratings are down, man? I know they're down because I've heard it on podcasts. Yeah. They're down like twenty something percent. So the Levitard show because they they joke they troll their people a lot. So if you don't listen to the show enough, you think they're being serious when really they're a parody spoof of a real sports show. Although they do talk sports. And one of the time, probably three weeks ago, they had said, you know, why do you think the ratings are down? And they said, do you think James Harden is the reason why the ratings are down? And people took him seriously and just were freaking losing their minds on Twitter. Like, what kind of show is this? And how can you blame James Harden? But (laughs) that style of ball, I mean, the Golden State Warriors, you know, they lost everybody through injury or free agency. And so really, I mean, and what's his face? Uh, Williams, Williamson, Zion Williamson, you know, he's, he, Finally has his debut soon, but yeah, but I mean, it's just I think the season's too long, and people I think they start paying attention after the All Star break, which is coming up. Where are you with James Harden? I mean, I like him. You know, can't stand yeah, him. I, I, you why? I can't stand him. I hate his style of ball, but I give him his props. He's scoring. If you don't want him to score, then stop him. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. He goes in with his head down and flails up and gets you know forty percent <laughs> of his points at the free throw line. <laughs> But when he's on, he's great. I mean, he's yeah. I mean, he's you know, I give him his props from a scoring, but you know, when I guess I get defensive when people's like, is he the best scorer of all time? And is he the best? Like, shut up, man. get out of here with that the shit. The fact that a general manager picked up Westbrook, Harding, and fucking Durant, 
Good. Oh, at one point in time, huh? Back when they were like the future of the NBA and Yeah. And all Harding wanted was six man money. And he would have stayed in Oklahoma and they refused to give him six man money. And so he left and inadvertently became an MVP candidate. Like that's crazy to me. An MVP candidate that chokes like a motherfucker in the postseason. Uh, Houston Rockets aren't yeah. doing too hot either now that they got two of the three back together. They're 26 and 16, I'm looking at them right now. Yeah. They're six in the Western Conference. You know, as long as, like, you know, as long as they're in there, as long as they're around in the eighth, they're good. Yeah, I guess. We'll see, we'll see what's Yeah, but I'm, I'm just, I don't know why. I just, I don't know why I just can't. I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of his at all, but like I said, I give him his props, you know, from scoring, but I wouldn't go see him play, me personally. I don't know who, I, I don't know who, it, you know, in today's NBA, who I would go see play. I'd see Giannis. I'd see Giannis play, obviously LeBron. I would see uh, Job Morant play. Oh, yeah. So I've seen him on Twitter. The Job, like J.A.? Yeah, 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 J.A., yeah. Well, he's a highlight reel because that's all I ever see on Twitter. Like, I don't I don't even know what team he plays for. What team does he play for? Uh, Grizzlies, I think. The Grizzlies, yeah. But, like, I don't, I'm not big on Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah, yeah. I can't watch him. He's just this long, linky, athletic guy, but just it just looks so easy for him. It's hard for me to watch and care. (laughs) And then the great white hope, Doncic. Oh yeah, actually, I think I'd go see that kid play with the Dallas Mavericks. Man, he's. I want him to do well. I want him to do well. I like him. Did you see what happened to Chandler Parsons? No. So I saw this on Twitter. He was uh he got hit by a drunk driver. What? Yeah, and he's got like. They say uh, it's career-threatening. He may not ever play again. He's got some major damage done. This is just recent? Yeah. This was uh, Chandler Parsons, seriously injured car accident. This was today. Oh, fuck. Yeah, he's got a, a brain injury. They're oh, saying that, that um, yeah, man, he's, uh, it's hard because, you know, not to be white, black, whatever, but... When there's a really good white dude, you know, you <laughs> you got to pay attention. You know, you're like, oh, man, yeah. you know, in, a, in an African-American dominated sport. Yeah, 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 man. You know, you just don't like seeing people that. It's like you always you want know, those dudes seriously to do hurt like, like that. Well, you're like, oh, you know? man, that dude was really good. You kind of start rooting for him, you know. So, yeah, yeah it's just too bad. Well, damn, that's unfortunate. Fuck, I'm reading it right now. Yeah. So we we touched on it earlier. Um, let's talk about it now. You know, they've been teasing us. I think they've been teasing us for a couple of years. And I was like, who the hell wants to wait two years to see this? But this Bro. is here. I think it comes out in June. ESPN, Bro. The Last Dance, the story of the 97-98 Chicago Bulls. I've seen some of Bro. the preview videos. I am hyped. Bro. 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 Like, <laughs> have you ever in your life seen a the only time in my life dog i've seen anything teased two years out is it's like some big like tentpole movie you you know what i mean like like star wars back. is coming back or yeah, exactly. fellowship of the exactly. ring or some shit yeah exactly and it's like a little 30 second teaser in the movies because they haven't even shot a frame of film yet yep. but the studio said we already know this is coming out on this date, Memorial Day weekend, and the fucking crowd goes wild in the movies. That's the only time you've seen that. And then these motherfuckers said, we're going to take that premise and tease the world ten about part. a documentary, 10-part documentary series? That's crazy. But you know what I heard? So 
Um, I don't know if you know this, my younger brother, Cola, right? Um, every summer he used to visit me here in LA. Uh-huh. And one of the goals was to get him as many looks as possible. This was like, you know, 10 years ago when, you know, he was, you know, still in high school and whatnot over 10 years ago. Right. And one of the goals was to get him as many looks as possible, you know, for, like for possibly getting college. So I put him on all these AAU teams, right? All through LA and, you know, in that he ended up becoming really good friends with a bunch of kids that like are now a lot of them are in the NBA or like trainers. I remember a, a young Kawhi Leonard, like put him right. on the Riverside squad with Kawhi. So, uh, you know, my brother's really connected with like the basketball circles and what's kind of been going on. And the rumor oh, is, no. is that Jordan had been getting so annoyed at the LeBron is the greatest talk that right. they kind of launched this plan to be like, let's just let's just put this shit together and remember and remind motherfuckers why I'm the greatest. And so that's what this whole thing is kind of about, to make sure they recalibrate that narrative on who's the greatest. I don't know. I mean, it could be something to that, but except for it's not like you can go back in time and start filming. No, no, no. But I, I think... Here's the deal. You can't go back in time and start filming, but when they're, uh, I think when you're at that level, right, of, of, of stardom, of, of, you know, this is like the NBA at its, at its peak when Jordan was the biggest star in the world. So, yeah, there was definitely just a, a, a videographer just... Absolutely. Just, you know, just... You, know. you and I had this conversation. Actually, I'm thinking about it now because I remember exactly where I was. I was on the Columbia Turnpike and outside of uh, Morristown, New Jersey. And we were having the conversation about Jordan and uh, LeBron James. <laughs> yeah, I remember I was sitting at my hotel and we were talking about it on the phone. So, yeah, I can understand that because that was in 2018 and this was announced in 2018. Yeah. You know, that was like when the buzz was like real, man. And, and you know, like, dude. Listen, uh, I, mean, I, I think I think when the record books are, 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 are you know, when, I, when LeBron James is uh, run is over, I think he's going to be considered the greatest. But, you know, not to get off on that tangent, I just can't fucking wait to see what the hell is in this damn documentary. Because if it was as exciting as did you see the 30 for 30 just on on, on Rodman alone? Remember that one? Yeah. That was yeah. really entertaining. I had no idea they never talked to each other at all. What? Yeah, oh. he said they never talked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Rodman yeah, yeah. and Rodman and, and Jordan and Pippen never never had a conversation, never once. Yeah, yeah. They just it's just business. That was just it was all business. Yep. So it's gonna be really interesting. I mean, there was some there was some amazing nuggets. You, <laughs> you, you you know you know one of the nuggets that I got out of that 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 Rodman uh, documentary that, I mean, I didn't give it like serious thoughts, but I was like, Hmm, the thing that really stuck out at me was like, wow, I guess it is possible in a weird way for an adult to just find comfort in hanging out with a kid. <laughs> yeah. Cause one of his best friends was a little was kid, a right? Kid. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Cause I never understood that shit as far as Michael Jackson was concerned. But then here... Well, hopefully they were on different... Uh, no, of, of course. But the whole... <laughs> but the, here's the thing. The whole, the whole premise was that Rodman, who was this, this innocent, like, 
for lack of a better word, you know, had a, 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 a what's the word I'm looking for? Um, he just wasn't, he didn't have the emotional maturity and he just yeah. like, wanted to hang out with this kid in an innocent kind yeah. of way where he became family and he's spending a night at the kid's house. And you know what I'm so saying? So I, um, I had a book, I like, I hate reading, but I tell people that doesn't mean I don't know how to read. Yeah. <laughs> and I had a, a book, um, Dennis Rodman, bad as I want to be. Yeah. Oh and, shit. And I read that book. Yeah. And so in that book, he talked a lot about that, how his family was fucked up, you know, and he didn't live with his mama and stuff like that. And he actually, you know, befriend, befriended this, this family that was completely different than him. And hung out with them all the time, you know, super depressing, you know, childhood and all sorts of crazy shit, you know, which is why he almost committed suicide and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I touched him once. <laughs> so when I was in a club, this was probably uh, late 90s, early 2000s in Dallas, actually in Oak Cliff. Was it, no, not Oak Cliff, Oak Lawn, yeah. completely, <laughs> completely different area, oh, as no. you know. Yeah. <laughs> and so we went to a club. I forgot what it was called, um, but it was... Uh, he was in there, you know, saying all my boys were dancing. He was like right in front of me, you know, you know, everyone's running their hands up, you know, and reaching out and grabbing. And it's like, yeah, I'd like put my hand on his shoulder, like, oh shit, Dennis Robin. That's my Dennis Robin story. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I remember my only Dennis Robin story, uh, club. Uh, I remember I was in a club. He was playing with the Lakers. He had that short stint with the Lakers. And I was like, uh, bro, why are you here right now? Y'all have a, game tonight right i remember thinking that yeah oh you didn't ask him no i didn't ask him i just remember seeing him at the club when i knew the lakers had a game that night the circles you run with usually have a little better access than any circles that i run with (laughs) but yeah man the last dance dog like 10 parts like i can't wait god knows what they're gonna touch on god knows i think what's gonna happen is for people like us I don't think they're going to say anything that's going to blow our minds because like for me, I'm, I'm a fan. I tell people I was so invested in the Chicago Bulls. I remember. You remember my wall. I remember my wall. Remember. It was, there wasn't a, a Dude, there you're wasn't gonna a, love a, it. Let me tell you, let me tell you why you're going to learn it and why you're going to, I got to, I got to blurt that out again. Okay. Oh, <laughs> Jay, let me tell you, Jay, why you're going to love it. If it is anything like, 30 for 30 has been done, which by far is hands down great. the greatest great. documentary series of all time. I tell non-sports people, here's what 30 for 30 does for me. Um, we're both old enough to remember actual events of what happened in sports at the time. And then for 20, 30, 40, or, you know, 20, 30 years to go by, and then they retell it and re and, and actually put it in context as to what happened, what was happening back then, is hands down some of the best shit ever. You th- what you thought you knew is always turned on its head. And so the idea that ESPN took this on in 10 parts, I'm pretty sure each night there's going to be some nugget that's dropped that's going to be like, holy shit. I think really for because we've we've seen it right, but I think that people younger than us, their minds are going to be blown so much more than our minds because, like I said, man, I lived, eat, breathe. You know, I dedicated myself to the unofficial religion of Jordanism. Yeah. Like I, everything, everything was Jordanism or Dion. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I think that 
people are just going to have their minds blown wide open with this documentary, especially like people that are fringe and NBA players, because even though they're in the NBA, there's no way they've had access to everything that we had growing up as far as because things aren't just covered the same way anymore as far as sports histories. And they're going to be like, oh, so, yeah, I guess I do have to hate my my friend, you know? Yeah, I can't wait. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're talking to Victor Tagunde. You have time for another segment? You yeah, want to talk, talk about acro yoga and some of the other things? Or do you, uh, acro machine? Good. Okay. Sounds good. So when we come back, we'll, we'll hit that. Welcome back to the Hard Park on Podcast. Again, we are sitting here. Well, not sitting here on the phone. I have Victor Tagunde. We're going to move into you. So you have grown like, this is a bad thing. I was going to say like a weed, but nobody likes weed. <laughs> But I would say, so in my landscape in Phoenix, no matter what I do to the rocks, there's always weeds and shit that grow up. Yeah. So I would say that for you. Gotta get round up. Yeah. That, that shit it causes cancer. I know that. Oh, never mind. <laughs> so for you, Mike, you've had one real job, right? You still don't have a regular job? Nope. You had one real job in Mary Garana High School. Oh, yeah, that's right. right? That was my. That was, was your job at Richardson Square Mall. So. Yeah. No matter what you faced in life, you've you've continued to grow. And, you know, the last few years, you started hitting it really hard with, you know, your acro yoga and you've grown the acro machine. So this is his official Instagram, at least one of them. The big one is at the acro machine. Yeah. And you teach, you travel, you do all this sort of acrobatic yoga. Like tell, tell my listeners, which are primarily car people, but not really because this is a car podcast and we haven't talked hardly any cars at all. Well, first, yeah, no, I, I took up acro, man. Uh, it was a hobby. I, I don't call it acro yoga because I just hate the term yoga. Like, yeah, but I said acro yoga just because acro machine. I, they're like, what the fuck is that? I know, I know. Uh Oh uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I took it up as this like this this hobby that 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 uh, an ex girlfriend had introduced me to, and you know, like yourself, you know, you have your you know your your regular you know nine to five. You found your passion in cars, right? And, and specifically, you know, accurate NSXs and just like that whole car culture. And I've always like admired people like that who who just whenever I have a spare moment outside of family, obviously, right? This is what I, this is what I breathe and love. And you, you know what I mean? And I had never had that. Like my whole life in this industry was work, 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 or trying to get work or whatever. And so when I had discovered Acro. What industry is that, Victor? Uh, I'm in the entertainment. You know, I'm an actor. Yeah, I do that thing. I do that thing on TV, right? <laughs> All right. So I just thought, so before we do the Acro Machine, I'm going to officially introduce you because I guess you're just going to be my Instagram profile highlight of the week. All right. All right. Cool. All right. So everybody, I mean, it's, I mean, I'll just go right into it. The Instagram profile highlight of the week is sponsored by NSX Channel. That's at NSX Channel on Instagram, your number one source for NSX content, whether it's just basic OEM or it's built like a fighter jet like mine. My Instagram profile highlight of the week is Victor Degunde, which you may continue. What's up? What's up? Uh, yeah, yeah. So Acro. So I discovered it. Um, you know, like, uh, oh my god, I discovered. Uh, I just saw something on Instagram that was just like, this girl's hot. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I discovered it. Yeah, like uh, about five and a half years ago, man. And what turned into a hobby, bro, ended up being like something where I'm like 
making some nice money on the side. I'm being able to teach people how to just go beyond like their wildest dreams in terms of like, you know, the type of movement that's possible. So excuse me, I don't mean to interrupt. So you're saying on the side or is it primarily taking over? Uh, Where's it still on the side? Uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, I don't, I don't want to say it's primarily taking over. I mean, I still have my. You still can't live off of it. No, I still can't live off okay, of all right. it. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. Or I wouldn't... I can live meagerly off of it, but I'm not trying to be, like, a lot of the homeless, like, you, you know, yogis and all those kind of, like, people that I that I see, you know. Which, I, by I, the way... Wait, by the way, I'm sorry. Um, yeah. I'm going to yeah. interrupt you because we're friends. Yeah, man. I've, one thing I've admired about you is because... Like we said earlier, you've been in the industry, you know, and you get paid to do commercials and stuff. You do auditions, you get paid for your time. You've been in a few big movies, um, but it's been a while and you've only worked at Merry-Go-Round as a regular job. So one of the things I've always admired is that you've managed to stay afloat and manage your your money or as Beast Mode has referred to it in a recent podium appearance, your chicken, which I don't even know. You know, you, you've you've taken <laughs> you've taken care of your chicken for for years. You know, so that's one thing I've always admired about you is you've been able to take care of your chicken. You're not living out there lavishly. You know, you've had a few BMWs, but you're not like you're not going out and buying a Lamborghini. You know, you're taking care yeah. of yourself, and it's been like this for years because you're getting ready to have a birthday here at the end of the month. Know. You know, so you're going on thirty something years of this life. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I've definitely like, I've definitely had some like high points, some low points. Oh God. Uh, like I've had some like as far as like finances. Yeah, it's definitely. What's the been, lowest of the low? Like, what's your lowest point? My lowest point. God, maybe like it's maybe going on like twelve years ago. Uh, I just went through a terrible breakup, dude. That just. And everything I might remember that, kinda, that. Yeah, and everything that kind of just came out of that because of just, like, how I just handled it and my mind wasn't there in, ter- in terms of work. And I think it was the first time I actually had to, like, borrow money. You yeah. know what I mean? To kind of, like, stay afloat. Yeah. Um, you know, and that was, like, I, and it was scary because, you know, like you said, I mean, I've never really had a normal job or anything. And so... Uh, I was, it was the first time I'd ever like needed to like make a, a resume. And I, <laughs> and I don't know if I should say this now, but you, you know what I mean? Like, but no, I, I, I remember having to like call friends and be like, hey, you, you own a company, right? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, can I just say I work for you? And, you know, like shit like that, dude. Like, it was bad. Well, you know, I mean, there's no shame in any of that. And, no, there, there isn't, you know, there, there, there isn't, but it was like, it was scary because I, I, when your last job was a 93, <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, how are you going to put that on a resume to like get a job and get work, you, you know? And, and, you know, to this day, man, I can walk the streets and you, you know, if I'm in a populated area, somebody's going to come up to me and be like, Hey, aren't you the guy from can't hardly wait that came out a billion years ago? Like I still get right. recognized. <laughs> you, you, you know what I'm saying? And, You're that um, guy from that thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, just to get personal, like 
that situation that happened with you remember the the dude from the Cosby Show when he got put on blast for working on at Trader Joe's. Yes, that was like my fear, dog. Yeah, that was my fear when that happened to him. I felt it. I felt that in a real fucking way. You yeah, know? but you know, like all the so I listened to a lot of interviews and and um, some of the greatest, the most popular people now have stories just like that, if not worse. Yeah, but you know? I. I know in a way, I mean, other than like, look, I mean, we just talked about earlier, like Delonte West, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. I don't know if it gets any worse than that. Right. But then he's, he's, I mean, we, we've known from back when he got, you know, pulled over with all his guns in his car, he had some mental shit going on. Yeah. And that true, true. Yeah. Y- you know, but like, man, it's just, it's just, you know, I mean, we, we live in a day and age now where like the new celebrity is Instagram famous people and they have you know they're they're probably broken but they're famous you you, you know what i'm saying and so you know in a weird way it was like it used to be fame or be you know being recognized on the street was also correlated with like having fight some having like some type of financial independence and so um yeah so it's it's definitely a scary thing um, yeah, well, I'm sorry if this took a dark turn. No, <laughs> we could <laughs> we can no, go back no, to the no, Acro no, machine no, if you want. No, no. <laughs> no, but no, honestly, you know, no. it's, it's good you bring it up. Like, as far as the Acro machine is concerned, like the thing that I loved about Acro is it definitely gave me like an escape. It gave me peace. It gave yeah. me like you know where I didn't have to like always be consumed about like the industry. And I just love it, man. I, I love being in this in this this space this budding thing that's still kind of on the fringes and i've the idea of taking on the challenge of of being able to you know take this shit global dog where like everyone is doing it you know i'm gonna say it now bro if acro becomes a thing i believe wholeheartedly that my name will be mentioned amongst the people that will say they're I'm the reason why they discovered me. And you know, and, and a lot of the founding people, um, they don't embrace me, you know, because they have they 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 have a a, a set way of, mm-hmm. of 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 looking at at how acro should be attacked. And what they don't realize is that they've been doing it in a way that doesn't really that's not as inclusive to more people. You know, not everybody is trying to get naked with their dicks out and going, going to Burning Man and swinging around. You you, you know what I mean? Like, yep. you, you know, not everybody's not into that. And so when you have an entire uh, activity that's kind of consumed by those type of individuals, it really doesn't make it appealing for just like the layman like yourself to want to get involved into it. And so me, I'm kind of like a this secular answer to it where it's like, wow, like the the way I do it, the way I kind of, you know, go about it, I, I'm I at least hope becomes uh, appealing to a lot more people, a lot more mass uh, people in the masses, you know? Yeah, and and you know, um, you know, when you know, surfing your page, and I've noticed this over time, is you have women kids like people come to you and 
And without really knowing the inside of it, it seems like they're really coming to you to help learn some stuff. You know what I yeah, mean? It's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's, 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 uh, it's mesmerizing to watch because you know half the videos are slowed way down. You know, like I, I, I feel like I die watching half of them, and I'm like, man, I would be dead right now with that shit. <laughs> you know, so people yeah. listen to this as they listen to this. I tell everybody who's listening to this, go to at the Acro Machine on Instagram, and as you're listening to this podcast, watch some of these videos, and you, it, they will freaking blow your mind at the stuff that Victor does with these people. I mean, where does that Thanks, come from? Because in high school, okay, so in high school you were you were you played on football originally, yeah. and then you were a male cheerleader. So you did yeah. all this flipping and 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 spotting and holding people up. And is yeah. that where this comes from? Because you, yeah, no, that's that's where that's where it that that's kind of the secret to the success, right? Of of how I was able to kind of attack it the way I did is because I took what I learned as a cheerleader and I took it into this space. Um, like the people who currently inhabit this space, they work from a very uh, slow, fearful perspective of not getting too much on the edges because of their fear of what can happen. And, you know, I'm more of, okay, troubleshoot this. What are all the ways it could go wrong? Earn the trust of my flyer. I trust my flyer. She trusts me. We have spotters. Let's just fucking do it. Like, you know, and that's like, that's just my thing. And then once we both feel comfortable about it, then we, we take it and we just, we go for it. Right. And so, uh, you, you know, coming and that's kind of how we, that's kind of how I was kind of taught in the cheer world. Um, so that's kind of wh- why I've always had a leg up on everybody. It's just, it's not that I'm physically stronger or better than them. It's just my whole mental approach is just different. And that's kind of what se- separates me from, you know, everybody else who currently inhabits this, this space, you know? So for the visual people who aren't actually watching and they're listening to this, explain to them exactly what it is we're doing. This looks like acrobatics. Yeah, so basically another way to call it, it's an L base, right? So I'm laying on my back, right? And uh, a flyer, who's generally a girl, right? She's, you know, on top of my feet, like uh, you in a basic things called like a bird, kind of like how uh, your parents used to put you on, on top of their feet and you would lay across, you know, your feet across their stomach or whatever, right? Yep. So it's the same thing. And, you know, you've seen like remnants of it, like in the circus where, you know, someone's like laying down and then they're juggling someone in the air, right? That's called Icarian. But yeah, that's basically what it is. You're, you're, you know, one person's laying on the back. Uh, another person is, uh, you know, on top of them, so to speak, you know, for lack of a better word. And yeah, man, you're just, you're just creating like movement between the both of you. Um, a series of movements that begin and end is they're usually called machines. Uh, and then like what I do, I specialize in like flows, which is more like kind of choreography. The acro machine. Yup. Again, that's the, at the acro machine on Instagram. I don't even know how you do it. I I don't know. I don't know how I do it either, but. Have you ever had someone (laughs) fall on your face? Yeah. I mean, plenty of times, you know, I'm, uh, uh, I'm. Like we do these things called whips, and if they don't tuck uh, tight enough, sometimes my balls gets bruised all the time. Uh, you, yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. Do you wear? A, do you have to wear a cup? Have you ever thought nah, about it? No, I try to wear a cup, and didn't that, work. They just made it bigger, 
it just you yeah. know yeah so uh it didn't really <laughs> help yeah <laughs> wow what a what a problem to have <laughs> yeah it's kind of crazy man it's kind of crazy but no i'm I, man i'm having dude like when i got into this and like i and I realized, like, I, I could actually, like, have fun and make money at the same time. Like, when everything changed is when I started an Instagram and people from, like, Bali and Costa Rica and Brazil was like, hey, if I fly you here, will you touch me and teach me and my community of people? And I'm like, are you serious? Yes. Like, you, you know, so- hell Yeah. So, so, I so where's the furthest you've traveled for this? Where's, where's people uh, just, you I just in? got back from Brazil last month. Just got back from Brazil back in de- December. Best time, dude. Like, I got, like, A, it was just fun. I was there in Brazil, two cities in Brazil. Uh, then I went to Chile. Then I went to Argentina. And then I flew back here. And, uh, yeah, man, I got paid to do that. I got paid to, like... It, experience another country. this motherfucker got paid to go on vacation yeah exactly exactly and like i said at the beginning i was like if i can make that happen and travel the world off of this i already won and so i got offers from like all over the world um to go there so i'm excited about that you know my new thing is uh a new company i'm starting um where i'm really going to kind of target more of the everyday person Looks like OMB Acros, named after Original Muscle Beach, because that's where my practice started. Was at the okay. beach in Santa Monica. Yeah, man, and uh, I'm you know I'm gonna take on the challenge to see if I can take this like to that next level. You absolutely can. Well, I appreciate it, good friend. Well, I want to thank you for spending uh, spending the time. I'd love to have you back at some point in the future. I think I say that in every single fucking podcast, by the way. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, of course, man. But I know. mean it. I mean, well, we gotta well, talk after like two hundred episodes in. You know what I'm saying? Like you're gonna have to like, you know, have have some of the same people come through. There's no problem with that. I mean, I enjoyed myself, dude. Yeah, I enjoyed having you on. Hopefully, the people enjoyed having you on too. Again, that's Victor Tagunde at the Acro Machine on Instagram. He so he is also my Instagram profile how of the week, and he's also my end to end interview. Thank you for what are you fidgeting with over there? Oh, uh, toe clippers. So. Yeah, knock it up. Oh, that's fucking disgusting. Knock it off. All right, I'll talk to you later. All right, later, brother. Good talking to you, man. It's time for the Builder's Corner segment sponsored by DressUpBolts.com. Follow them at DressUpBolts on Instagram and visit them at DressUpBolts.com. They have titanium bolts that not only vastly improve the look of your vehicle, but serve a purpose as well. Available to dress up the engine bay and the engine, in case you have both. They have kits ready to go for your specific application, so visit them at DressUpBolts.com or visit them on Instagram at DressUpBolts.com. Today's Builder's Corner, I have Ben and Ben from Gears and Gasoline. What's going on, guys? Hey, how you doing? How's it going? I'm doing good. Let's talk maybe some uh, some powertrain swaps or something. Yeah, I love uh, I love swapping cars. It's uh, it's cheap insurance. They don't know about it, and uh, <laughs> not a lot of other people know what's going on underneath either. So, yeah. So if I buy, I don't know, a Honda Civic or something, and I want to put something else in it, like what's the first thing I should think about? Uh, I mean, it's always good to start with a good platform, like a good chassis, a Civic. So actually a lot of people, so I'm case swapping my Civic right now. Um, and a lot of people are like, well, why don't you use a different chassis, something rear wheel drive or something like that? And, you know, 
that might be <laughs> that might be better. They're probably right there. You know, an S two thousand would probably be a better chassis. Um, I'm just I'm attached to my Civic now. I, I love the EK chassis, so that's kind of what I'm going on with. And it's cheaper. And it's cheaper. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, and it's less suspecting. I don't know. I kind of like the sleeper aspect of it a little bit. So it was it was previously Type R swapped. So it it had it was a '97, um, and it, so it had the B16B from the JDM Civic Type R. Didn't make a ton of power, but it revved to 9,000, which is pretty fun. Um, Very fun. Yeah, and if I if that was a real you know Type R, that'd be 15 grand, 20 grand. Uh, well, it wouldn't be legal in the U.S., but uh, even if it was. You know, it would still be more expensive. I'm sure insurance would cost more. So it's nice to just have it swapped and uh, it's cheaper and doesn't cost as much in insurance. So how often have you swapped out engines? And so I don't really know anything about that. I know that for the NSX is like, okay, we well can get a J swap or a K swap. But I do know I can't put an LS in an NSX, I don't think. So like, how do you know what engine is compatible with your chassis? Well, technically with enough money, anything is possible. You could LS swap your uh, NSX if you really wanted to. <laughs> uh, I hope you don't want to, but you could. I absolutely do not want to. <laughs> uh, I actually think I, K, people do K uh, swaps on NSXs. Yeah. There are some K swaps or some J swaps. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, every platform kind of has their outlet. Uh, so like my Forester is a standard Subaru Forester. It, it was an XT. I guess it still is. So naturally, STI swap that, put an EJ257 in, STI turbo, brakes, transmission, six-speed, all that. Um, it's kind of just whatever the platform is. So if you have, a, say, an Eclipse, you could do an Evo swap in it, right? Technically, uh, you have more of a DSM. Uh, I mean, I've seen a couple. <laughs> I, I think that typically people don't do an Evo swap into an Eclipse because it's kind of like you're taking something really good and putting it into something that's like not as good, whereas like a like a CT9A, like Evo chassis, which is what the Evo powertrain comes in, is kind of like a better chassis mm -hmm. to begin with. So, you know, if you can like, if you can't afford a roller Evo chassis, but you can't afford like this, the whole powertrain and drivetrain that, that goes in it, yeah, that's kind of like a rare situation. I think kind of like what you're, when you're thinking about engine swaps and, you know, people like, it's funny because people talk about engine swaps like all the time, even when they don't know you know, that they like maybe can't even do, I don't know, like a clutch job or something on their own car or something like that. But they always talk about like, oh, I'm going to LS swap my Volvo or, mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to do whatever. You know, I'm going to K, K swap my GTR, you know, whatever. Uh, I think that like there are factors that there there's like kind of like three factors that go into uh, why s some engine swaps are like a thing, right? Like uh, either the the power plant is really good like a k series or uh an ls is you know they're potent they're reliable and they have good packaging uh options like they're they're well sized um they're also affordable so affordability uh of like the actual engine mm -hmm. um and the platform right so there's not like a ton of ls swap ferraris because like you can't afford a ferrari like that's a extremely un that would be extremely uncommon because nobody can afford that um, and not enough people can afford it. And who wants to replace that sound anyway? Yeah. Right. I mean, some, some people will do it just to do it. Some people will do it to just do it. But these are people that have swapped tons of cars before, right? Yeah. And they have a huge budget. So you're not seeing, you know, and then like the kind of like the last thing is like, why are these engine swaps common? It's because enough people are doing it. And that, that kind of like comes down to both the, the, the engine being powerful, reliable, good packaging, and 
common. Mm-hmm. Availability then, yeah, like you right. said, common. Because right. I know like with NSXs, a lot of the NSX guys, like the real NSX guys, not just somebody who just bought an NSX and wants to swap it because he doesn't like the power that it has because there's plenty of other cars he probably could buy instead of buying an NSX to do that. But some of the guys that do it is to preserve the engine because the C engine is like, not only is it discontinued, but it's like 16 grand. Yeah. And they're saying like some of these these K's and these J's, I don't know which is which, you know, are like 800 bucks. So the cost per fuck up is better. Sure, yeah. It's well, a lot easier on the wallet and you could get more power on it with the... With the exchange of losing that beautiful sound, I guess. <laughs> well, I guess the C was produced only for NSXs. Is that accurate? Or like very... It was No pun intended with the accurate thing. <laughs> accurate, yeah. I'm not techy enough to know that, but I'm going to say yes, because I don't know about the Cs, at least the C32 or the C30s. Yeah, I mean, they they were a low production motor compared to the, the J series, which has been in every Honda Odyssey since the second gen of Honda Odyssey. So like two <laughs> decades of Honda Odysseys. Or... K motors that have been in everything from Honda Accords to Civics to whatever. Like, they're just Ks on Ks on Ks on Ks. Yeah, Ks are really in so many different cars. It's crazy. For good reason. They're a great motor. Um, Yeah, I feel like uh, not, you know, a good reason to do a swap on a car is for cost savings benefit. So, say you have an NSX. Maybe you buy an NSX with a blown motor or you buy a shell and you can't afford to get a C, so you put a K in. Uh, I know people do that with some Lotuses. Lotus? Lodi? Mm. Um, I've seen you know Lotus and K's in them. <laughs> I yeah, but I I want to say honestly. Hold on, let's back up, back up. So is the plural? Are we trying to figure out what the plural form is? Lotus is yeah. <laughs> Lotus. I think I, like I think that. that's definite. Yeah. I want to say that like yeah. you you look at it and you're like oh yeah it would be like way like I can get a K way cheaper than like the Toyota engine that came in this Lotus or whatever. Yeah. But then by the time you've actually changed all right. of the yeah. stuff surrounding it, you you've spent at least as much as the motor would have cost to just plop another one in. Yeah, so I like I did a cost breakdown on my Forester uh, to STI swap the Forester, and it was it would have been cheaper in the end to just buy an STI. So like it sometimes it's not just about the cost savings, albeit maybe you could if you really wanted to get nerdy about it, take the cost savings of the insurance price being different and cheaper than. STI over a long-term range or whatever. But I mean, generally speaking, it's a lot more expensive than people think that it is. So it comes down to, you know, you have two, I'm guessing you have two basic type of people. You want to do it for the cost and you want to do it just because you can and to say you have it. Yeah. I I think a lot of people do odd swaps just to be unique. There's also a third group of people that just do it purely for performance. Like the guy that's swapping Ben's car he just like every time you say, "Oh, I could do this car," he's like, "Yeah, but you could do a K swap S two thousand, and it would be better." And he's right, right? From a performance <laughs> yeah. standpoint, that's a super hard to beat package. Um, and he's not doing it for recognition because uh, you know he doesn't promote himself at all or anything like that. He's just doing it because he's obsessed with tracking. And when he goes to track days, he wants to take a good car. So he K swaps. He's K swapped dozens of S two thousands at this point. So the motor's the motor. Or engine. I don't want to get say the wrong thing. No, no, no. But then motor, the tranny is the tranny. Correct. Yeah. Motor is correct. Okay, so the motor is a motor and the tranny is a tranny. So do you have to pick the motor that will match up to the tranny? Like, how does that work? Well, you can get – there's some companies make adapter plates or you can make your own adapter plate. I mean, this, the, the swaps on my cars that I own are fairly basic swaps. They're, they're like pretty traditional tr- swaps. I know – so like LS uh, RX-7s, a lot of them use the T56 transmission, but you could probably make it work with the regular transmission, maybe with an adapter plate or a CD09. So Ben is blessed to be doing swaps on two different cars that have good transmissions to begin with, uh, like his Forester, the six-speed that they put into it is a 
really good transmission that's supposed to pair with the engine that he put into it, right? So everything's OEM there. And then the six speed that he's putting into the um, Civic is the six speed that is supposed to mate to that K series. And it works well. Like you're kind of, mm-hmm. you're kind of uh, in a worse position when you're going to something that's like not, and also the engines that he's been swapping into his cars are uh, not that different from the engines that came out of those cars. Right. It's not like he's LS swapping his civic or something and he's yeah, going to make, it's staying on brand. He's not yeah. going to make quadruple the torque that he was, uh, initially so it's not like he has to go to some insane transmission that's going to hold that power which is what you see when you know somebody ls swaps a rx7 or you know um a a 240 or something like that and now it's like well this oem transmission that you had is not even an option anymore um so now you need to make some kind of t56 magnum fit somehow or something Mm -hmm. And then you have the axles too, right? Like I've gone mm-hmm. to the drag races that I've seen a car, it revs up and everyone's like, oh shit, this thing's about to be, this thing sounds badass <laughs> and it just pops and it doesn't go anywhere and they push it off the line. So there's that yeah. that last component, I guess. Yeah, I mean, there's companies that make basically like drive shafts for any size, configuration, spline, whatever that you need. It's just um, making it fit in the hubs. But yeah, <laughs> then you've got to get make sure the axle angle is right, make sure it doesn't bind. It and, can be, yeah, it can be the dumbest shit that, yeah. that like hangs you up right it's like oh i don't have i need one more half inch of clearance here or i can't find the axles with the right splines or and that's the stuff that nobody sees either they just see the end result oh you put this engine in this car wow cool there's so much more that goes into it that people don't realize like it's not just forza where you put whatever motor you want in whatever car right yeah <laughs> that's a good ex- <laughs> that's a damn good example so we could probably sit here and talk about this all day um but i really appreciate you guys taking time to talk to me Ben and Ben of Gears and Gasoline. Hey, you know what? You guys should probably think of maybe getting like a YouTube channel or something together because this is really good educational stuff. I think people might want to watch that. Hmm. A, U- a YouTube channel? Yeah, what the... I should, think I've heard should... of that before, yeah? Yeah, I've seen some of those YouTube videos. I'll tell you what. So once you guys get that figured out and then we'll, uh, we'll we'll reach back out to you later on this year and if you have, if you've had a little bit of success then maybe we can help you grow your channel a little bit more. Oh, thanks. Well, okay, so how many subs do we need to get for you to have us back on the on the show? I don't know, probably, uh, I don't know, at least a thousand. Maybe you get a thousand and I could boost you to a thousand and five. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we'll give it our best shot. All right, guys, thanks. I'll talk to you later. All right, thanks, Jay. The last segment of this week's podcast, I'm introducing a new section and it's only going to last. It's only as good as you guys. And so I put up two questions on my Instagram one of them was, ask me something that has nothing to do with cars. Ask me something that has to do with cars. The first one, shout out to Aaron Day, which is Unleashed Beast. That's U-N-L-E-A-S-H-E-D for Unleashed underscore Beast with two S's. B-E-A-S-S-T. He asks, what is your achievable dream car? It's not a P1 or something like an F40, but something you can realistically purchase. The Acura NSX, the one I have, We'll go way back. I don't want to spend too much time as a already long podcast. But my two ultimate dream cars were a McLaren F1 and a Vector W2 W8. But I decided when I first saw the NSX and looked it up and I was like, oh man, it only costs X amount of money. That the Acura NSX and the Porsche Carrera, the time of the 962, but when I started looking at cars, seriously, the 993 had come out. So I decided that between the Porsche and the NSXs, those were my two most realistic, achievable, obtainable dream cars. The current Gen Acura NSX that I have, 
or I guess the old Acura NSX like I have and a Porsche Turbo. The non-car question goes out to Possum Killer MK6, which is P-S-S-M-K-L-L-R period MK6. What's the best life advice you were ever given? It's not something that someone sat down and talked to me about. And what I'm about to say is commonly, you know, you see this a lot in motivational speaking. You see it a lot in sales. But back when I used to try to do sales, I listened to a guy named Jim Rohn. Not Jim Rohn, the podcast king, but Jim Rohn, R-O-H-N. And he said something, and I listened, put it in the cassettes, because that's what we had back in the day were cassettes, not DVDs. And he said, the same wind blows on us all. And the four winds, I don't remember what they were, like the winds of deception, the winds of this, the winds of that. But basically the point is the same thing happens to everybody for the most part. And he said, it's the setting of your sale, which determines your outcome, which basically means if some messed up shit happens to me, my reaction ultimately is what dictates my viewpoint and the outcome. The same wind blows on us all. It's the setting of your sale that determines your course. So you can choose to react however you want to react. Somebody pisses you off at work, you can react multiple ways. But however you choose to react is ultimately how the result is going to end up. And I've always remembered that. The same wind blows on us all. And I always tell people, shit happens to you. Everything's relative. And I think I said this in another podcast. But an example is I could walk out. I could pick up my coffee. I could spill it on myself. I've had a horrific day. That is the worst day I've had all week because I spilled coffee on myself. Or I can come home and find that my doors are locked because I didn't pay my bills if I'm renting at an apartment and I have a kid and I have a dog that's trapped, you know, at the neighbor's house. Thank God not inside. And I can't even afford to feed my kids. My house is locked out. I'm having a fucked up day. So my point is, obviously, that's a lot worse than spilling the coffee on yourself, but it's all your sense of perspective. It's all relative. It's just how you handle every situation. So the same wind blows on us all. So with that being said, this has been the Hard Parking Podcast. Special thanks to the Passion Hi-Fi for the tunes that I download from SoundCloud. Uh, special thanks to the Instagram profile highlight of the week, which is Victor DeGunde, which is also the end-to-end interview. The Acker Machine, love talking sports with him. We're going to do some more with him in the future when the Michael Jordan special comes out on ESPN. Special thanks to our guests for the Builder's Corner, Ben and Ben from Gears and Gasoline. Give them a follow at Gears and Gasoline on Instagram or go ahead and look them up on YouTube. They have 598,000 plus subscribers. Please send your email questions to hardparkingpodcast at gmail.com you can, or you can DM me on Instagram at NA2NSX. Please subscribe, tell a friend, leave a positive review. Let's do this. Let's grow this thing together. Shut up!